the school is out. Which means it's time for Hi Kids. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hi Kids show. My name is Renal Silverstone and I'm your host for today. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids and thank you for tuning in to 101.9 Hi FM and listen to, n- listening to the Hi Kids show. Today on the Hi Kids show, I'll be speaking to Mathif Mathifa Sebitsiwe. She is the science communicator at a place called Sienza. What does Sienza do? Why are they so special? So listen kids, Mathifa Sebitsiwe has answers to all your questions. Also on the show I have a tongue twister to challenge your mouth and a high kid riddle to challenge your brain. And you can win a book called Tabba Goes to Space. Here are the details if you have any questions for my guest or if you want to say hi to your friends and family. The SMS number is 34519 and is charged at 1 Rand 50 cents. You can send me a WhatsApp on 061-895-1019. And please don't forget to sign your name. You can also call us on 010-140-3020. Get ready, kids, for a very exciting slash interesting show. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Ronald Sister and I'm your host for today. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Ronald. Can I teach you how to pronounce my name? Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> Ma. Ma. T. T. Pa. Pa. Ma. T. Pa. Matipa. Yay. Sabiti wa or sabiti we? Sabiti wa. Okay. With an A at the end. Okay. Nice one. So, Mati Pasebits. Oh, sorry, I was just like. <laughs> okay, let's start. What is a scientist? Um, well, Ronald, that's a very tricky question here. Um, I'd say in the simplest way, a scientist is basically someone that studies science. But we have all different types of fields in science. So it gets a bit more complex than just someone that studies science. Can you explain to us what science is? Okay, so science is basically studying the behavioral patterns of physical environments, right? So it's you trying to understand the world around you by asking questions and actually doing experiments, right? So say, for instance, me in particular, right? I've got a degree in environmental science. So I'm an environmental scientist, right? And that just means that I studied a lot about the environment around us and I could tell you a few things about the environment, right? Mm-hmm. Then we have someone who'd study something like computers, right? And that person would be called a computer scientist. So they can tell you a bit more about computers and how they work. So there's different fields of science, but all of them really talk about how you can experiment um, and how you get to know the environment around you. So it's basically all about asking questions. Wow. I say it's a miracle to become a scientist. (laughs) I'm sorry, I love science. (laughs) What does a scientist do? 
Okay, so like I just mentioned, um, a scientist basically observes the environment around them and they actually draw up conclusions on their observations, right? Then they take all those observations and they do experiments to try and test and see if those things are true, right? And then once they've found the truth, then they've made new scientific discoveries or once they've found that they're proposed ideas or observations were not quite what they thought they would be, then they've discovered something else, right? So that's basically what scientists do. A lot of scientists are predominantly known to have worked in labs, right? So that means that a lot of scientists are looked at as people that actually work in a laboratory, right? But like I mentioned to you before, we've got people that study computers and they're called computer scientists and they don't necessarily work in a lab. And then we've got environmentalists who some part work in the labs and some part work in the field, right? And then we have uh, medical scientists. Those would more predominantly work in the labs as well. We've got physicists and they work in a different type of labs and they focus on physics. So there's all different kinds of scientists and all different kinds of fields that they actually study in. Wow. You said predominantly. (laughs) Could you explain to our listeners what is that? Okay, so predominantly just means more likely to or mostly in that particular place. So if I say something is like um, predominantly white, I mean that the majority of that thing is white. Ah, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Why is the museum named Scienza? Okay, so first of all, I'd like to correct you there. Um, I come from something called a science center, right? So Scienza is a science center, very different to a museum. Okay, um, have you been to a museum, Ronald? Yes. Right, which museum have you been to? Vutreka Monuments. Okay. Um, I forgot the right. Okay, so, okay, <laughs> let, me just run, let me just um. Who, uh, get, get your experience of the Fort Dragon Monument, right? So you went there and there was a museum, right? Did you touch anything? Mm-hmm. What did you touch? Everything. Everything. Actually, no. I didn't touch the grave. You didn't touch the grave. It was so creepy. I think it was like the owner or whatever. I don't know why he was so special that he, it was a giant stone. Yeah. And deep, deep, deep inside, my mom says that the guy was in there and I've, and then she said that I'm probably walking on people <laughs> from a long time ago. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the monument is more like a graveside, mm-hmm. right? In the, no. Yeah? It's only like there was, there is a grave um, for people mm-hmm. to go visit. That's why when you, you don't pay for the place ah, where you visit there. But it's in there, it's inside the museum, the big grave mm. um, for the guy. I don't know why he was so special. Ah, okay. All right. So I'm going to give you a bit of a difference between a science center and a museum, right? So in a science center, um, so here's that word again, predominantly. <laughs> so the majority of exhibitions or things that that you have on display in a science center are science related, right? When you go to your museum, half of the time they talk about history, right? Right? So you told me a bit earlier on off air that you prefer science as, com- 
as uh, compared to history, right? Mm-hmm. So you would really enjoy being at a science center because mm-hmm. we've got all sorts of displays that you can actually play around with. So in other words, you get to interact with those exhibits, right? So you could have things like, imagine a playhouse. You just get like a really bigger playhouse and all of these things you can actually interact with and they'll teach you something about science. So that's the difference between a science cool. center and a museum, right? It's cooler than a museum, right? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could come there. I'm definitely coming. Yes, you have to. I like have to. You definitely have to. We'll set a date. Definitely. Yeah. And I'll bring the dates <laughs> to enjoy with honey. Yes, yes. <laughs> the more the merrier. <laughs> How do scientists figure out things? Okay, so scientists figure out things in a process right so they use a very logical method of finding out things right so there are steps towards this uh, system or process right so they first start off with something that we call a hypothesis right now hypothesis is a very big word <laughs> it's similar to predominantly <laughs> so hypothesis just basically means an estimated guess Right. So you kind of guess what you think is going to happen. Right. So it's a very clever, estimated guess. That's what a hypothesis is. I already forgot the word. (laughs) (laughs) All all you have to remember is step one, take a very calculated uh, guess. Right. So step one is to take a guess. And then step two is to come up with a question that you actually want answered. Right. And then you need to do some observations. So you look at something. Right. And then you deduce. So, in other words, you make out from what you are observing what you think would happen, right? And then from there on, you actually do an experiment to see what would actually happen. And then after that, you then happen to take all the results from your experiment. And then you find out whether your guess was right or wrong. Mm. So that's what scientists do. Okay. What do they do in the lab? What do they do in the lab? Okay, so in the lab, scientists go through a series of these experiments. Because remember the process we just spoke about includes a series of experiments, right? So they would actually go into the lab to do a series of experiments. So you could do things from experimenting around chemicals, right? So they could try make, what's your favorite flavor, ice cream flavor? Me. Your favorite ice cream flavor? <laughs> uh, I don't know. You don't know, okay. So cake or cupcake? Cupcake. I don't know, I think that's a flavor. Okay, my favorite ice cream flavor is vanilla. Hey, that's my dad, and technically mine. Yeah, so say we like vanilla, but we also like something chocolate. like... Chocolate. Yeah, chocolate no. or banana. Caramel. Yeah, so something else. And now we want all those flavors all together in one ice cream so, so we can just have... just take one scoop of each. Problem well. solved. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're already thinking like a scientist. So that's exactly what they do in the lab. They would then take a combination of all of these things that they would want to study and observe, and they actually do a series of tests, and they f- try to figure out if it's going to work, right? So I'd take some bananas and chocolates and vanilla, right? Or take a scoop of each or I take actual fruits. And then those can be a series of experiments that we do in the lab to try to figure out whether our flavor will actually be a really nice flavor. 
And they can do that with things that are very intense, like with chemicals. They can do it with bacteria, which are like little, little, tiny microorganisms. Um, So they're like, yeah, little, little, tiny, tiny things that we can't see with our naked eyes. So they can basically do experiments with anything they want to study. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) What does Sienza mean? Okay, so Sienza is a combination of two words, right? So the one being science, hence the SCI, and then the other one being a part of a Zulu word, right, which means Sebenza. So they use the Enza in Sebenza and the Sai in science, and we put it together. And what it actually means together is that we make science work, right? So, so it's to do science. What is Sebenza? Sebenza <laughs> means to work or to do, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, so we do science. Oh, wow, that's a really clever name. Yeah, right? See, that's how scientists think. I guess I must be one. Yes, you I'm just are. kidding. <laughs> I believe you you're are. You're definitely I right. really believe you are. Thank you. Why did why is it Sienza? Why is it Sienza? Like Like why it was Why it? the name? Yeah. Well, I think um, in trying to encompass a very or in trying to reach out to a very diverse um, nation, you know, like South Africa with all languages, um, we incorporated a African language as well as the word science because that's really what we do at the center. All we do is science. So that's we put amazing. science and an African language together. And so it must be like that. It must mean that there's a lot of, like, activities. Yes, there are a lot, a lot of activities. Do you want me to tell you a bit about the activities? Yeah. Okay. And all of them. All of them. (laughs) (laughs) Shouldn't miss out on one. (laughs) Okay. So we've got different programs that we run. Okay. So different activities that we do at Scienza. We've got activities for school groups. Okay. So you can come with your school group. So from school, you know how when you're at school, you get school excursions? No. don't you get school excursions? I don't know what excursions is. Oh, like school outings. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> school outings, like little school trips, right? Uh-huh. Um, okay, so sometimes you get school trips and they take you to places like, what are some of the places you've been to? The zoo and... Uh, I've been to the chauffeur factory. Yeah, right? But that's it's in the same place. So last, last year... Um, like we went, I don't remember, it was a weird, gross thingy. We made salad this year. Last <laughs> year was a shop. But it's all combined. So this year we were in the salad factory learning for how to make salad clean. And yeah. That's nice. It was really interesting. I don't remember the rest. Okay. So you oh, And could we went to a water park. Really? That's That sounds cool. Mm. Sounds awesome. So you could come to Sienza with a school, so you can do school groups, and we have activities for our school groups. Um, those consist of a science show, so we have on a show with the various uh, experiments that we go through, and each show is themed a different thing, right? Um, and then there's also hands-on activities, so you guys can do little workshops, so you get to make things with your hands and do things with your it hands. It matters making with what? <laughs> okay, we've got different kinds of uh, activities. So you could make things using electronic kits. Oh my gosh, I'm already coming. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have to like book. Um, yes, so we you have to book. So you can either call 012 
0120-3767. Um, I'll give the details to you guys. Okay, let me just say that again for our listeners. 012-420-3767, right? So that's our number in order to make bookings. You can also go onto our website, www.sienza.com at up.ac.za and you can also go on to our various pages okay and i'll just say the website again for you www.sienza.up.ac.za right so these are two of our channels in which you can try and make a booking with us um, you can also email our administrator who i'll leave the details with you guys if any people have some queries um so those are different channels that you guys can you can follow us on facebook so that would be Scienza university of pretoria on facebook and then you can just drop us an inbox and we'll respond back to you and you can make a booking with us so we can have school bookings, we can have group bookings, like you can bring your friends over for a party. So we do science parties. So you guys can do a whole lot of cool science experiments and stuff for your parties. Yeah. <laughs> and you can also come on Saturdays. We're open two Saturdays a month. Um, and we also have a holiday program. And our holiday program is for kids from grade one to grade nine. And the whole day you spend, or half a day from nine to one, you spend the day just doing a whole lot of activities, science-related activities. And you actually get to take away some of the stuff you make. So it's really cool. Cool. So we're going to put a song on and we're going to learn a lot more about science. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Ronald Silverstone and I'm 11 years old. I have Matipa Sebitsiwa. Oh, I said it wrong. Matipa Sebitsiwa in studio with me. If you have any questions for her, you can send an SMS to 34519 or you may WhatsApp to 061-895-1019. You can call on 010-140-3020. And if you do, you can win a cold tub that goes to space. And it's a very nice book. Let's carry on with the questions. Why don't birds get electrocuted when they sit on an electric wire? Well, Ronald, that's a very interesting question, right? <laughs> I just love your questions, right? Um, Thank you. Okay, so the reason why birds don't get electrocuted, right, is that because they only sit on one wire, right? They don't complete a full circuit, right? So a circuit is basically a flow of electricity, right? So it's a pathway in which electricity can flow. So in this pathway, there are different components, different parts that are put together, right? So the current or the electricity has to flow through every component. And for the circuit to be complete, everything needs to be connected, right? So when a bird sits on a wire, right, the electricity can flow through the bird, right? But it can't flow through any other, like the wire is in the air, right? The wire is in the air, and then it's connected to another pole, right? But in order for the circuit to be complete, this bird needs to stand on at least two wires, okay? So then the electricity can flow from the one wire through the bird to the other wire, and then only it would get electrocuted. So birds are really smart. They know if they had to put both feet on two different wires, they'd get electrocuted, so they just sit on one wire. 
All I have to say is that you're a smart pants. <laughs> Thanks, Ron. <laughs> I think you're very smart as well. These questions Thank are you. killing me heat brushes. <laughs> or oh, I think it's just the heat wave. <laughs> yeah, that might be the thing as well. <laughs> so you did say you have to book. What if you're just coming alone, like with your mom or something? Do you still have to book? Well, the wonderful thing about Sienza is that you can walk through any time that we're open. So if you just want to come through with your mom, you can walk through and it's absolutely free. So you can come with your mom between 8 and 4 o'clock during the week. And then on weekends, we are open two Saturdays a month, like I mentioned before. So you just have to call and find out if we're open on a Saturday. But you could walk in any time and it's absolutely free. Are you open on Sundays and Fridays? Uh, we're open on Fridays. We're not open on Sundays or public holidays. Ah. Yeah. So what if you want to do the things in Sienza, but you're still only coming with your mom? Do you, do you have to book or you just pay for it and then you do it? Um, unfortunately, the packages that we have or the activities are actually for groups. So if you would like to do the activities, like I mentioned before, you can bring in a group of your friends and then you guys can do some of the activities because then we can have a birthday party theme for you guys. Oh, wow. Yeah. What if you come with a few people from your family or you actually just come with a few people and not like as, not like as a party or something, but just like as a small group? Okay, we have so many things for you to do if you do come through with a group of um, your family or friends that you could actually spend the entire day and still want to come tomorrow and the day after and the day after. Wow. So you would have a whole lot of fun. You'd have a whole lot of fun. Wow. So where do birds go in the winter? Well, birds migrate to places that are much, much warmer. I think birds are really smart. First, they try to avoid getting electrocuted, and then they know to run away when it gets quite cold. Hey? <laughs> yeah. Birds are really smart. <laughs> Why is the sun the only star you can see during wow. the day? Okay. <laughs> I was about to say that it's not actually the only star you can see because at night you can see quite a lot. Um, so during the day, because the sun is the closest star that we actually can see, right? When the earth is facing the sun, it gives off so much light that it actually blocks out the light from all the other stars. It's not that they've disappeared. They're, it's just that the sun is a bit brighter than those stars. I mean, imagine you've driven at night right with your parents i hope mm -hmm. right right so what happens when you see uh lights from the other cars that are really far away are they bright or dim bright if a car's like really really far away is it oh, bright or dim it matters do they have their brights on or just normal lights? okay just normal lights let's just say it's normal lights and not their brights on I don't know. You wouldn't, okay, you probably wouldn't be able <laughs> to see it, right? It's kind of like lights, because whenever yeah, I go from the highway, because whenever I go from the highway, I see the other cars from the other wayside, and I just see lights. Yeah, exactly. So you just see the lights, right? But as they come closer, right, then the light from that particular car becomes way, way brighter, okay? So it's the same thing with the, with the sun. Because the sun is a star to us that's really, really bright, really, really close, it looks very very bright but all the other stars are very very far away like the, all those other cars that are far away that we can only see them at night when the sun isn't so bright 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 well what would happen if we touch the sun 
Ooh, you would have to be so lucky to even get close enough to the sun. <laughs> First of all, you need to escape the earth and then only get to the sun. Oh my yeah. goodness. But you'd, you, you'd burn. You would burn out. Sorry, people, to <laughs> let your hopes down. <laughs> even birds aren't that clever. Hey? They haven't figured out how to get to the sun without burning out either. They probably so. just fall when it reaches um, no gravity. Yeah. Because... It kind of pushes them down with the gravity when they're in Earth, so it makes them actually easier. But if they were there, they would just be like, yeah, I'm flying <laughs> without doing anything. Woohoo! Oh, my God, I'm getting closer to a star. I agree. <laughs> I definitely agree. Why does the sun give us light and heat? Why does it give us light and heat? Well, the sun's made up of gases, right? So we have helium and hydrogen gas, right? And those are elements on something that we call a periodic table. <laughs> it sounds like big science now. Um, but all those gases, they basically just knock against one another and they produce energy. Okay. So it's like, you can imagine having two metal sticks. What happens every time you hit against the metal sticks? You little, you see little sparks fly, right? So that's energy you being hear given this. off. Or you hear that, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you hit them really hard, you can see sparks flying off, right? So that's energy being given off. So the same thing happens in the sun. You get these gases that bump against one another, and they actually give us energy. And this energy comes in the form of heat and light. So that's actually what's happening. Wow. Is the science um, center open during school holidays? Yes. So we have something really, really interesting, right? We've got a school holiday program, right? And our holiday program runs from the 3rd of December to the 13th of December. And every other holidays, the first week or the first two weeks during the longer holidays. And that's where we get all of our holiday programs. Oh, wow. Yeah. So does that mean you're open in December's? Yes, we're open December only until the 14th, though. Ah. And then we open again in January from the 3rd. Ah, I yes. see. So, what is the purpose of the communicator? Okay, so the purpose of the communicator in a science center is to help the visitors actually understand science a bit more and actually get very interested about science, right? So we're there to actually relate what science is to you. So we're there to bring it closer to you, make it a little bit more understandable and very, very, very exciting. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> and basically answer the very uh, difficult questions you've asked me today that's what I do <laughs> <laughs> when did you become a science communicator ah getting that's a easy and flowing now. right <laughs> <laughs> the pressure's off <laughs> um wow so I graduated from university with a degree um like I said before Ooh. in environmental sciences and I started working at a place called uh, the Hartebies Hook Radio Astronomy Observatory. That's a very long name. <laughs> I can see your face. <laughs> um, so basically, it was just like a research institute with a science center. And that's where I actually learned about um, science communication. Um, so I was a volunteer there. 
and I learned about science communication. So I'd done science before, but I'd never communicated science to people. So that's where I was taught how to communicate it to people. Wow. How much math does that have? How much maths does it have? <laughs> I'll be very honest with you, not as much as you'd think, right? So I don't integrate anything. And anyone who's done maths will know that integration is not child's play. <laughs> um, so integration is basically just, um, it, it's a form of maths, if I could say. Um, so maths can be divided into different uh, modules, or yeah, if I must say, um, so you've got things like algebra, right? So algebra is what they used to call like your addition and your subtractions, and um, yeah, so <laughs> it's it's a different type of maths integration, but you only get to do it when you're like in varsity. So luckily, it's not that hectic as a science communicator. I still find math hard. Well, it matters what type of math. Yes, it matters mm. what type of math. Right? I'm very good in time. Nice. And geometry, I like shapes. I enjoy geometry. I love shapes. Yeah, so I'm you a enjoy shape. geometry. <laughs> what shape are you? A circle on my face, a rectangle on my body. My leg is a really long rectangle, also my other leg. My kneecaps are circles. My feet are also rectangles. And my arms are rectangles, my fingers too. I think you're going to be a great scientist. <laughs> you think in maths, you're going to be a great scientist. <laughs> what is the difference between a scientist and a science communicator? Okay. That's a very, very good question, right? So the difference between a scientist and a science communicator, right, is that science communicators go the extra mile of actually being able to take very, very complicated science, which scientists do, and relay it or explain and relate it to the public in a very, very much more simpler way for them to understand. So oh. that's the difference. Amazing. <laughs> Oh, look at that. How great. We have a question from Avuyo. I hope I'm saying your name right. Please ask Matipa, how reliable is the weather forecast and how do they predict the weather from Avuyo? Okay. I think I know who Avuyo is. <laughs> Hi, Avuyo. <laughs> okay. So, um... So remember we spoke about how you get different types of scientists, right? So as part of an environmentalist as well, you can become something called a climatologist, right? Yeah. And these are the people that actually determine what the weather looks like and they come up with the weather forecasts, right? So they use things that are called weather forecast models, right? So in other words, they have like predictions of what the weather looks like if they get certain temperatures, right? So you know how when you get the weather, you get like a maximum temperature and a minimum temperature. You get like wind speed and you get ocean uh, speed as well. So all of those different factors, they put together in a model and they can actually tell you what the weather would look like given these certain numbers or estimates so that is like maths heavy math science <laughs> i can tell yeah <laughs> <laughs> what is the hardest part of your job oh the hardest part of my job is also the most 
fun part, I guess, of my job, which is always trying to explain science to people in a way that gets them excited about it, right? Um, very, very difficult, but very, very enjoyable as well. So I have to take like very heavy, heavy content, heavy science, and try and explain it to people in a much simpler way um, without getting them like disinterested in the subject altogether. So that is very, very challenging sometimes. Oh, wow. And thank you for coming on the High Kids Show. And thank you to my producer, Mandy and Nijiflo, for pushing the big red button. Join us on Monday for, tomorrow for another High Kids Show, only on 11.9 High FM. Goodbye, kids!